Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, October the 13th, 2022. It is currently 7.47 p.m. Central Time, and just about two minutes ago, the plane landed. I just got off the airplane. I just got off the airplane And I'm looking at the absolute worst place in the entire United States of America. I'm currently looking at the state of Indiana. This is a spiritual wasteland. This is like the apocalypse happened and everyone in Indiana wasn't aware of it. Okay, okay, okay. I'm joking a little bit. I'm joking. But yes, I have returned to Indiana, not physically, but I'm not, I'm not even sure I'm there mentally. I'm definitely not there spiritually. I have returned to Indiana virtually, right? Because we're going back to Indiana because we've been reviewing, well, sermons that was preached at a youth conference in Indiana in the summer of 2022. These sermons were preached at First Baptist Church Hammond, Indiana, at a youth conference that they, the speakers at the youth conference, claim is the most influential youth conference in the country. We started asking ourselves a very important question. What should be taught to young people in 2022? What should be taught to young people? Now, we may return to, well, we're going to listen to the words of a young person maybe later this evening uh, because of something that happened today. We'll, we'll, We'll try to get to that. But we've been reviewing these sermons. And look, I... I know, I'm, I know I, I like to have a little bit of fun, yes, and I know I like to use a lot of hyperbole and exaggeration to have a little bit of fun. Some of you get my sense of humor. Typically, my sense of humor typically offends someone, makes someone upset. They don't really get it. I know, I know, I know. But in all seriousness, laying aside all the hyperbole, laying aside all the exaggeration, laying aside all of the joking, just being serious— these sermons I, are, have been horrible. I, I, I like that. I I don't want to say it that way because I, I I do try when we review sermons. I try to be you know I try to find something positive in it, right? But these have been so bad that I don't think we've had one where I'm like, okay, I disagree with their doctrine or I disagree with their their theology. However, I do appreciate this or or wait, that was a good point or I, and everyone I've been either baffled like what in the world are they doing with the text? Like the things that they have done with the text of scripture has been absolutely astounding, astoundingly bad. It's been just horrible. So, and then some of the things that have they have said, the emotional manipulation, just, it's, it's just been bizarre. Like, this is what youth need in 2022. Why would they think this? It's been so bad. I, I try to not, I don't want, and just remember, just remember, because some people may think, oh, you went and found a really bad youth conference so that you could just bash it. No, remember, I don't listen to the sermons before we review this was just like, oh, here's a youth conference. Hey, let's let's review these messages. Let, let's do that. And well, it's turned into a, a horrible experience. I think everyone's ready for me to be done with this series, but I I, I I wanted to quit in some ways. But in the other part, like, why would I want to quit? We want to document what's being taught to young people in some churches in 2022, because 
this needs to be exposed and we need to tell people that's not what young people should be taught in 2022. All right. So it's been bad, but here we are. The plane has landed. I'm back in Indiana. We're going to go back to First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana. We're going to sit down and we're going to listen to, I think we're getting very close to the last message preached at this youth conference. If this is not the last message, maybe there's one more and uh, we're going to consider what was said. Now, remember, some of these are way out of order. Like sometimes you think it, it, it's labeled morning when it's the evening. It's labeled evening when it's the morning. Uh, sometimes I think like, I think seven was supposed to be part eight. I, it's all, it's a little bit confusing, but we're going in the order that they were posted. And because I don't listen to them first, I can't go, wait a minute. I think this one belongs here. So that that's, I don't think it impacts anything. But uh, here we go. Are you ready? I would challenge you to have a Bible. Uh, not, not that you necessarily need it. Well, you need it for this reason, to see how they're mishandling the text. And of course, always have a notebook and a pencil uh, nearby because, you know, you never know when I'm going to give you a, well, an assignment. And listen, those who did not hear the last live broadcast on, on the book of Amos, there's a special assignment waiting on everyone. So make sure you uh, go back and listen to that. But are you ready? Indiana Youth Conference, one of the most influential, according to them, and they are going to be hopefully preaching from Scripture. Let's see what was said and ask yourself, is this what young people need to be taught in 2022? Here we go. Revelation chapter number 12 in your Bibles. How many of you know who made this statement right here? Raise your hand if you know who made this statement. I want you to look up on the screen and look at the statement. He alone who owns the youth gains the future. Raise your hand if you think you know who made that statement. Say it out loud if you think you know. Do you know who made that statement? Do you know who made that statement? Maybe you do. It's he alone who owns the youth gains the future. I think that's how it says. Yeah, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. I had to type it out real quick to make sure. Do you know who made that statement? He alone who owns the youth gains the future. Do you know who said that? Oh, come on. You have to know. You have to know. That quote is accredited to none other than... Adolf Hitler. He alone who owns the youth gains the future. All right. Uh, Christian ministries have tried to use this quote to try to make different points at different times. I think there was a big, some uh, ministry placed this quote on a billboard. I don't remember what year, 2014, 2015. And people driving by were like, wait, why is this church using a quote from uh, Adolf Hitler? And it created all kinds of controversy. I think the billboard got taken down. I don't remember all of it. It was a long time ago. But okay, so we're going to start this session of this youth conference with a quote from Adolf Hitler. Where, where do you, where do you think he's going to go with this? Where do you think you're going to go? It, it would be good if we were sitting around a table listening to this. I'm like, okay, wh where, where do you think he's going to take the sermon? Where do you think he's going to go with this? It would be interesting, but let's, let's, let's see where it's going to go. Here we go. 
Oh, wow, you, you know your history. You got it right. Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler made that statement in a very visionary, growth-centered time. 1933, there were 50,000 Hitler youth, little boys and little girls, small little children. In 1933, and uh, you can see them here marching. You can see them here training. You can see them here uh, in this video clip uh, uh, with the vision and excitement for the future. By the end of this year... Dude, their, their, their production is all messed up. They got this music blaring. It looks like it's taken from an, like an old newsreel. Um, uh, I mean, I can't see it, but that's what it sounds like. I should say it sounds like it comes from an old newsreel. And the music is obviously blaring, overriding him. I can't. I mean, uh, it's already they maxed out their volume in recording it. So it's already super loud. I have it turned down to like almost 25 percent, but it's just loud. So I apologize for that. Um, that's just the way they recorded it. If I if I turn this volume up to where I normally turn volumes when reviewing sermons, it would literally blow out your eardrums. But um, so I apologize for all the, well, I mean, I, why am I apologizing for it? I didn't produce it. But I apologize that it may make this a little not sounding so good here for the next a couple of seconds. Here we go. Here there were two million Hitler youth. Look at this crowd and imagine two million following this visionary new plan, this new economic opportunity, and all of the fame, and the popularity, and the luxury, and the wealth, and the future, but all of this led to this right here. That's what the Hitler Youth did. It was the Hitler Youth that slaughtered six million Jews and Christians, and it led to this. Bodies filled, fields filled with bodies, and it led to this. Because the Bible says, when every man is tempted, but every man is tempted, when he is drawn away of his own lust, his own desires, and what's the next word? As you see it on the screen, show it up there. His own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And sin, I want you to show it up on the screen, if you will, as quickly as possible. When sin, it is finished, bringeth forth Death. Now, you're in Revelation chapter number 12, Revelation chapter number 12, and I want to read beginning in... Okay, Revelation chapter 12. Now, we could get into a discussion about exactly, was it the Hitler Youth? Who, uh, yeah, we, we, we could get into a whole discussion about the, the, the history there, but okay. So, Hitler Youth, they were enticed by their own lust, and it brought forth death of six million Jews. Okay, and now we're jumping to Revelation chapter 12. All right, let's see where he's going to go with this. Going to go with uh, Revelation chapter 12. Now, I'm trying to be, I'm going ahead and opening my Bible there. I'm trying to be, uh, like, because of we've reviewed so many sermons from this youth conference, and they've been so bad. There's a part of me just going, wait, 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 where is he going? But I've got to set aside all the previous sermons and not judge this one in light of the previous and give him the opportunity to, well, see what he's going to do. I am really concerned that he's going to Revelation chapter 12. I am. I just, I just got to be honest. I, I mean, oh boy, what's going to happen with Revelation chapter 12? I don't know. I just the way the texts have been handled through this youth conference, I am very nervous they're going to Revelation chapter 12. But I got—I cannot judge the sermon we're listening to based off the other ones that were preached at the conference. I got to let this one stand on its own. 
Revelation chapter 12. You know the chapter, right? Right? You you got to know the chapter. There's so many theological issues arise from Revelation chapter 12. But but we'll see. I I know this. He's not going to deal with any of the hermeneutical and theological issues. I can probably guarantee that. Right? Because for some reason, churches don't think young people need to learn about theological and hermeneutical issues. They typically feel like they need to be emotionally manipulated, but I digress. Verse number one, Revelation chapter number 12, verse number one, would you stand to your feet and let's read together. I want you to try to figure out what's going on in this passage of scripture. The Bible says, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars and she being with what? child cried, travailing in birth, the most vulnerable, painful time for a mother and then a little child, a little innocent child, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her as soon as it was born. Now, while you're standing, I want you to understand that every text has a direct interpretation in its context. Who is it speaking to? What was the context? What was the time frame? What is the direct interpretation? But then we see the scriptures were given to us for application. And application is king. That's why we preach and cry aloud to apply the interpretation. Please know what he just said. Every text has a direct interpretation, but application is king. No, I don't know if he meant to say that. Interpretation is king. Application is not king interpretation is king. I hope that's what he meant to say. I hope he meant to say that interpretation is king. Application is not even the queen. It's not even the print. Application comes much. I don't know where you would even rank rank it, but but interpretation is king. You cannot have application until you have interpretation. In fact, what really, if you really want to be, if you really wanted to take this apart, I would really go so far to say observation is king, interpretation is queen, right? And then application is a servant, okay? I don't even know where it is, and we're going to use this kind of monarchy language. The king is observation. The queen is interpretation. The interpretation can't be king because that would make observation. No, observation. You cannot have interpretation without observation, So observation is king, interpretation is queen, and application comes way down the line somewhere in rank. I know that he couldn't have meant that application is king. He could not have meant that. He could not have meant that. I'm going to give him every benefit of the doubt. He did not mean that. There's no way that a preacher would say application is king. There's just no way. Because you know, how can application be king? The application has to flow from the interpretation. And where does the interpretation flow from? The observation. So everything, the source of everything is observation. That would have to be the king. You can't get interpretation without observation. 
right? I mean, but again, why, why can't young people know how, why, why, do, why is it that so many churches are filled with young people who can't interpret the Bible, don't know how to study the Bible, don't know anything about hermeneutics? Well, because, well, the church doesn't bother to teach them. But all right, I'm going to back this up a little bit. I'm hoping he didn't mean what it sounded like he said. I, I, there's just no way. There's just no way he meant that. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. What was the time frame? What is the direct interpretation? But then we see the scriptures were given to us for application. And application is king. That's why we preach and cry aloud to apply the interpretation, the scriptures to our life. (laughs) Someone just said, so us giving him the benefit of the doubt is us completely changing what he said. Okay, I know, I know. But the only reason I say that, the only reason I say that is because as someone who has preached as many sermons as I have preached and sat in front of this microphone for so many hours in my life. I mean, podcasting before there was podcasting. There's so many times I say things and it does not quite come out right. So I'm trying to give him, I know to give him the benefit of the doubt, I have to change what he said, but I just, there's just no way. No, no one in their right mind would say application is king. Nobody would say that. Really? I mean, please promise me that nobody would say that. All right. If you walk around your church and say, okay, I'm going to give you three things, observation of scripture, interpretation of scripture, application of scripture, which one is king? Come back to me and let me know what all the people in your church, everyone in your church is going to say observation is king, or or at least say interpretation is king, right? Right? I mean, come on. There's no way people in your church would say application is king. If you you call me back or you (laughs) call me, email me, however you contact me, and say, I asked 100 people in my church, and 97 said application was king. You need to run for your absolute life. You need to just flee, because clearly they are not learning how to handle the scriptures from the pulpit. I mean, something has horribly gone wrong there. There's just no way that people would say this. There's just no way. I, I got to believe it was a mistake. I got to believe it was a mistake. All right, I'm going to back this up again. I got to just, there's just, I just, there's just no way. There's just no way. There's Nobody would say that. Nobody would say that. Nobody would say that. All right, here we go. But then we see the scriptures were given to us for application. And application is king. That's why we preach and cry aloud to apply the interpretation, the scriptures to our life. And then from the scriptures, the way that Jesus preached and taught so often in the Bible was by way of parables or by way of illustrations. So you have an interpretation of the scriptures, an application of the scriptures, and then an illustration of the scriptures. Now, we are not going to go deep into the direct interpretation of this text. Oh, don't you love when preachers say, we're not going to go too deep into the scriptures. We're not going to go too deep into the interpretation because I'm talking to young people and young people don't need deep interpretations. Now, what young people need is application because I got to tell them to do something. I got to tell them to do something. I got to tell them what they're doing wrong. and I got to tell them what they got to do right. Because Christianity is nothing more than morality. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. Okay, okay. Wait. Wait. I'm jumping the gun a little bit. I'm jumping a gun. Maybe he has a good reason, a good reason for not going deep into the direct interpretation. I'm going to hope, I'm going to, I'm going to hope that he does. Let's see what's about to happen. 
as it is a two-part prophecy. It is prophesying about Jesus coming to be the Savior of the world. How many of you could figure out who the great red dragon was and how he drew a third part of heaven and they were cast down? How many of you know who that was or who that is? Say it out loud if you think you know. But then we also see the end times of prophecy that is to come. Just Hey, young people, give me your best church answer. Okay, okay, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I just, there's still a lot we could say here about the red dragon. Well, we'll see what he does, because there's a big question here about that red dragon drawing a third part of heaven away. There, there's, a, there's a big question here. There's a very big question. You should see it. You should see it. Like you should not, like if say, if I was preaching this in my church, I'd be like, okay, everyone, what's, what's the two big questions we see in Revelation chapter 12, verse one, verse, uh, see verse one and in verse four, what's the two big questions in Revelation 12, one and Revelation 12, four, there's two big ones. I would make my church try to figure it out. They get irritated with me and they're like, oh, stop asking us questions. We don't, no, no, people who come to my church know that that's what's going to happen. But I would put them on the spot because I would want to see if they realize, if they observe in the text, going, wait a minute, wait a minute, this doesn't make any sense. Wait, this doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. Let's see if he mentions any of it. As they prophesied the coming of Jesus, uh, and we see the end times in the nation of Israel during the end times, and that is the tra- travailing of the birth. But what I want you to see by way of application and even illustration is the character of Satan. Wait. So he just said the travailing of birth is Israel in the end times. All right. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to follow on. Let me just help you here. Let me just, like, like I, I almost want to just go into a full-blown teaching on Revelation chapter 12. There's so many issues in Revelation 12. Like, I, I, it just drives me crazy how pre- preachers can just take a text like this and just like, hey, ignore all the problems, and we're just going to focus on this one little thing. I, but, okay, okay. I got to set that aside. Let me just help you. Revelation chapter 12. Here's the first obvious question. And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman. Stop right there. Who's the woman? Who's the woman? You say it's obvious. Is it? There's massive disagreements. So before we answer the question, who's the woman? We'll add another question here. Who's the child? Right? And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and upon her head, a crown of 12 stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth and pained, pained to be delivered. Who is the woman? Who is the woman? I'm getting uh, phone calls here. Okay. Who is the woman? Who? Okay, I apologize for that. <sighs> Nothing worse than getting a a, a FaceTime call when you're live on the air. All right. Who is the woman? That's the first question. Second, who is the child? Who is the woman? Who is the child? Who is the woman? Who is the child? 
Now, if you're listening, if you're listening live, if you're listening live, you can throw out your you can throw out your answers. You got, I won't mention your name, but I just want to know if you're listening live, you can feel free to. I most probably will not, but if you feel feel like it, please go ahead and do so. Who is the woman? Who is the child? Like this is like if I was preaching this to young people, this is exactly how I'd be doing so. All right, everyone. Grab a notebook, right? I would well, I wouldn't even say grab a notebook. I would just assume that all the young people had a notebook because they came to church and you don't come to church without a notebook and something to write with because you're going to church to learn, right? You're not going to church to to just listen. You're going to church to participate, correct? Right? So I would assume that young people would have a Bible, a notebook, and something to write with. And if they don't have that, why not? Well, I know why not, because preachers don't preach to them like to get them involved. Oh, just don't even get me started. But I would say, all right, young people. All right, who is the woman? Who is the child? Who is the dragon? That would be the third question. And then I would ask a fourth, a fourth question, which is the one I was originally going to go with. When did the dragon, all right, um, let's see here. When did he draw the third part of the stars of heaven? Who is the woman? Who is the child? Who is the dragon? And when did the dragon draw a part, uh, the third part of stars of heaven? When did he cast them to the earth? When he when did he draw a third part of the stars from heaven? When did he do that? These are basic questions in the text. These are observational questions, right? Who 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 are these? Who are these individuals? When did this happen? Now, let me try to explain some of the issues here. Some would say, Revelation chapter 12, that the woman is Mary because they would identify the child as being Jesus. And who gave birth to the child? It was Mary. Right? Yes, everyone should say yes. Everyone should say yes. Okay, now some would say, no, 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 it can't be Mary, can't be Mary, it's not Mary, that's Roman Catholicism, it can't be Mary. Okay, it's Israel, it's Israel. Okay, so the woman is Israel, and the woman gave birth to Jesus. Israel brought Jesus, is that, is that a correct way of saying that? So, so you have to identify, is the woman Israel or is the woman Mary? If we say the child is Jesus, which most would say, then we have the dragon. Now, who is the dragon? If we say it's Satan, well, when did Satan draw a third part of heaven, a third part of the stars from heaven and bring it to earth? Some say that happened way before the fall. Well, wait a minute. Now you have kind of an issue of a chronological order, right? You have the woman, you have the birth of the child, then you have the dragon drawing a third part of the stars from heaven. Is it not in chronological order? Or is it in chronological order? These, these are just good questions. These are good questions. And again, I apologize for the for the call on my iPad because it distracted me probably more than it distracted you. But oh, it's so irritating when that happens. All right. And then she brings forth them. Well, I mean, we, then we could go on from there. But those would be something like, well, is this a chronological order? If it's chronological order, then Satan doesn't draw a third part of the stars from heaven until after the birth of Christ. So when does this occur? Those are good questions. Is it a chronological order or not in chronological order? Is the woman Israel? Is the woman Mary? 
Is there, is there, how do we understand this? Now, what's, what, he's going to ignore all of that and just focus on, ooh, the red dragon, Satan. He's just going to focus on Satan. That's what he's going to focus on. Okay, let's see what it at least does with the red dragon. Let, let's continue. I hopefully, oh, there's so much more I want to say there. Some of you are going to be like, wait a minute. So, but you, you, if you have questions, you can let me know. We can go back to Revelation 12 at a later time. But I just wanted you to realize, so those would be the things I would look at. Who is the woman? Who is the child? Who is the dragon? When does the dragon draw away the third part of the stars from heaven? Okay. Um, and then your possible options, the woman is Israel or the woman is Mary. The child is Jesus. The dragon is Satan. And when this occurred, well, either it's in some kind of chronological order or it's completely out of chronological order. And if it's completely out of chronological order, does that impact the way you interpret the text? Just some thoughts. We've looked much at the character of God, but I want you to see the character of Lucifer. The character of Lucifer is right here when he's standing before little innocent, poor little Mary from Nazareth, when he's standing before the woman about to be delivered of a child. And what is he waiting to do the moment this precious, if you've ever seen a little infant... Okay, well, he said the travailing was Israel in the, in the end times, but now he seems to be referring to the woman as Mary. Okay, so he's going with, Ma- that, that, I guess he's identifying the woman as Mary now, but he said the travail. So, so Mary, Mary travailing is a picture of Israel in the end times. I, I'm a little baffled by, but again, he's not trying, he, he's so trying to avoid going in depth that he's making statements though that impacts how I'm trying to understand what he's saying, but all right, let's, so he's identifying the woman as Mary. All right. A little newborn, the cutest, most sensitive, soft, I mean, fluffy little, you just want to hug him and kiss him. Uh, what is he waiting to do in our text? He wants to destroy them. He wants to devour them. And so we see the character of Satan is waiting and willing and wanting and his specific desire, hating young people, hating children, wanting to destroy specifically young people. Wait a minute. From Revelation 12, you're telling me that this is teaching us that Satan specifically hates Young people. Wouldn't this text say that he specifically hates the eternal son of God? He just, he's just literally ripped Jesus out of this context, out of this text, and he's placed you there. Hey, youth, Satan hates you. Forget Jesus. Forget Jesus. Don't worry about Jesus. Satan hates you. Specifically, Satan hates young people. Wait, so Satan has a greater hatred for young people than he does older people. Satan hates you, but once you get to be about 23, 24, he hates you a little less. Is that the way it works? And if you get to be 30, man, his hatred drops about 20. And by the time you get 50, Satan is like, eh. And by the time you get 70, Satan doesn't even care anymore. Is that the way it works? It's like, is there, Satan, Satan is, is biased by age. But I, I'm a little perplexed by this, but okay, okay, all right. Let's, let's see. I, I, put it this way. Revelation 12 does not teach what he's stating. 
He's got a, he's making a, a claim. Revelation 12 does not, Revelation 12 is not about Satan's hatred for children. Revelation chapter 12 is about Satan's hatred for Christ. Unless you're saying the child is not really Jesus, it just represents all children. And then you're making the text, you're looking at the text allegorically. You're going to see this throughout the whole scriptures, that there is a target upon you, and he is very, very real. Father God, bless us this afternoon in the time that remains, and speak to us in a way that only you can. Hide us behind the cross, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look at the screen really quick at Mark 9 and verse number 20. They brought a child unto... Okay, now we're... What just happened? What just happened? We were in Revelation 12, and I'm like, okay, we got the woman we got to identify. We got the child we have to identify. We have the dragon we have to identify. We got the chronological question we have to identify. Okay, okay, wait. Satan hates children. Okay, okay, how is he going to... And now we're off to Mark chapter 9. Okay, whoa, what? (laughs) Okay, man. Oh, that is disappointing. I wanted him to stay. I wanted him to stay in Revelation 12. All right, now we're off to Mark chapter 9. Now we're off to Mark 9. Okay. All right. Let's uh I thought he was going to talk about the character of Satan. Maybe he's going to use Mark 9 to show the character of Satan. Maybe that's what he's going to do. I don't know. Here we go. To him and they and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground, wallowing, foaming. Notice verse 21. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, What does it say? Of a child. Now, what did Satan do with this little child? And oftentimes it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy them. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. The world likes to paint this picture of our culture today as a happy Disneyland where we're all here just to get along, eat three meals a day, have a little fun, hunky dory, but that's not reality. There is a war going on and the battlefield is over your soul. Jesus, when he was born in history, I've been to Israel and the historians, not even speaking biblically, talk about Rachel. Okay. Now, now we got, we got to, now, now he's going to the old Testament. Okay. So we've went to revelation to Mark. Now we're in the old Testament. Okay. Slow down. Okay. I need you to stop for a second. He just made a very important claim that there's a battle for your soul. Now, I've heard this preached a bazillion times. Let's just think about this correctly theologically, right? Theology central. All right, let's think about this theologically. Let's make theology central here. So let's make it very clear. There is no battle for your soul. And at least from this perspective, you're born dead in your trespasses and sins. Your soul already belongs to Satan. You're born a child of the devil. You're born corrupt. You're born deceived. You're born spiritually dead. There is no battle for your soul. It already belongs to the enemy. And Jesus doesn't battle Satan for your soul because before eternity, before creation, he had chosen those whom he would redeem. He had predestined. Now, even if, if you, if you don't believe 
an election and you reject it and you're either Arminian, Pelagian, semi-Pelagian, you're there, well then, then I guess you believe there's some battle, Satan. So either you believe Satan doesn't have the soul of people at birth because you denied total depravity. So then the, the soul is just neutral and then the two sides battle over it, which then seems to indicate that Satan and God are of same equal power trying to fight over someone's soul. Or you have to believe that, I mean, what do you do with that? I, 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 if you say there's a battle, then that's usually a battle between two opposing armies of somewhat equal strength. So is there a battle? Now, are you saying there's a battle for your soul and the culture, but the culture can't battle for your soul because your soul already belongs to either to Satan or to God. So I, 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 I don't know. We'll just see. We'll just see which, where, where he's going to go with this. Let's see where he's going to go with this. Weeping for her children. And they said this time frame, and all his preachers are like, yeah, we know. They said this time frame was known throughout history for 2,000 years as the murder of the, does anybody know? The murder of the innocents. It's in the history books. When they went in to all of the little homes and villages and those elite. Okay, maybe he's not referring to, is he, he may be referring to uh, when Herod killed the, the young people. That's considered the murder of the innocent. So maybe he didn't jump to the Old Testament. Okay, for some reason I was thinking he was jumping to the Old Testament. So I want to correct my misstatement there. Forces, those Roman soldiers slaughtered all the little boy babies, two years of age and younger. I mean, dicing them up, guts spilling out, heads rolling, ripping from their mom's arms, screaming those little innocent babies. When I have had to see uh, that shooter in Uvalde go into that elementary class, I heard the screams. And I thought, this has been going on down through history ever since Lucifer, which, by the way, is in the room right now. It's down through history when they were slaughtering. And then there's Moses to lead God's people out. A picture of winning uh, those people uh, to Christ, drinking of that spiritual rock. And Moses to lead them out. What happened when Moses was born? Again, Moses demanded, Pharaoh demanded that all the little children, think about, have you ever seen a little baby before? To be slaughtered. The devil always hits early. David encountered many enemies in his life. But the greatest valiant satanic warrior who all the elite forces of the Israelites were scared of came to him when he disdained Goliath, disdained him when he was but a... When he was but a... Say it out loud. When he was but a youth. Samson, the Bible said, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And the very next verse, after the Spirit of the Lord came upon him as a young man to be a judge of Israel, the Bible says he went down to Timnath, and he saw a woman thereof. Oh, that was just coincidence. No, it wasn't. Because the devil specifically hates young people. He knows the vision. He knows the future. He knows where it's going. Matter of fact, in 2 Kings, uh, Elijah has gone up in a fiery chariot. And there's a young man by the name of Elisha. And man, he gets the mantle on him. And he's after he... I did. He's just going from scripture to scripture to scripture to scripture because they mention young people. They mention youth. And then boom, Satan is after youth because, oh. okay, all right. Yeah, because I guess, so Satan was after David when he was young because of Goliath. But I guess Satan wasn't after David when he was older, when he saw a woman bathe. Right, right. so like, I, I don't know how this works. Like, yeah. 
It's just like ignore, just find any verse that has the word youth in it or anyone who has a young person. See, there you go. And then prove my thesis. You don't prove your thesis by just random death by cross-reference. I mean, wait, I thought we we still have about 100 unanswered questions in Revelation 12 that you already blew past and ignored. Okay, then you went to Mark 9. We didn't have any time to work on that. Boom, now you're just reference after reference after reference after reference after reference. But okay, all right, let's let's at least see if he establishes, I guess his thesis is Satan hates young people specifically, more so than other people. That seems to be his thesis, and his proof is just random texts that mention young people. Elijah goes up, he's heading back to Bethel, to a place called Bethel that once was a house of God, now it has been turned into Baal worship. People are so satanically filled that they are worshiping Baal. And as he's coming into Bethel, there are 42 people that begin to mock him. Go on up, go on up to Bethel. Go on up, thou bald head. And the Bible says they were so demon-possessed and it doesn't use the term demon possessed. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Bible says the Bible says they're so demon possessed. I mean, I mean, well the Bible doesn't say <laughs> say that. Okay, I got to back that up cuz that's a little bit uh that kind of makes me laugh a little bit. All right, here we go. The Bethel there are 42 people that begin to mock him. Go on up. Go on up to Bethel. Go on up, thou bald head. And the Bible says they were so demon-possessed. The Bible says they were so demon-possessed. And it doesn't use the term demon-possessed. But it doesn't use the term demon-possessed. The Bible says that they're demon-possessed, but the Bible doesn't use the phrase demon-possessed. Okay. All right. I, all right. I, I, I'm just trying to follow along here. I'm trying to follow along, but that's, that's a, oh boy. Okay. We, we, this is where you, you, you get so committed to your thesis that you're trying to prove that before you know it, you're making scripture say things it doesn't even say. All right, but here we go. But they were so mocking the man of God. They were so reprobate. The devil had so owned them that she bears had to come out and destroy them. The devil so owned them that she bears had to come out and devour them. There was no other option. The only other option is they were so demon possessed that they had to be eaten by bears. That was the only, that's the way he's telling the story. These young people were so demonically possessed. They had to be eaten by bears because there is no, nothing else you can do with someone like that. God has no ability to do anything else but have them eaten by bears. I guess that's the story. Let's read it really quick. Look at the screen. It says, and, he's, and he went up from thence unto Bethel, and as he was going up by the way, there came forth, what does the next word say? Little children out of the city and mocked him. If you could pull back the spiritual curtain this morning, you would see that all the forces of hell are specifically pointed at young people. All the fads that come out of Hollywood are geared towards you. All the clothing, all the hairstyle, all the culture of today, all the movies of today, all the devices of today, all the commercials. If it's not for medicine or for snoring, that's for the old people. But if it's not, it's for you. All of the marketing billions upon billions, if you will go and I dare you to go study the marketing ploys, all of the money is in the youth because somebody's the prince of the power of the air. I wonder why they would focus on youth. I wonder. 
disposable income, right? Young people, parents give them money. Young people, parents buy them things. Young people, they're going to be your future customer, right? You get them using your product now. They may be a lot, like there's a, probably a lot of economic reasons, but I guess it's all a demonic plot. It's all a demonic plot. Everything's a demonic plot. Satan is everywhere. Satan is everywhere. Okay. Yes, you. I get a little... <sighs> I, I clearly believe in the existence of Satan. It's just sometimes the way the church just tries to just create a narrative out of just thin air. Just, I mean, he's creating a narrative here about Satan and he's not proven anything he said with scripture. He's just ripped scripture so far out of context, claims some children were demon possessed when the text does not say they were demon possessed. Even even has to admit the text doesn't actually say it, but even though the text doesn't actually say it, they were so demon possessed and they were so demon possessed they had to be eaten by bears. I mean, this, okay, I I don't know where else this can go, but it I, I hope it goes somewhere better than where it's going because this seems to be getting worse by the second. But I'm but I'm holding out hope. All the social media. They know how to entice. Look, out of Beijing, China, I mean, child advocates right now are losing their minds over something so satanic. They know it's satanic. Lost people, they're saying we can't control it. It came out of Beijing uh, of an app. Lost people know it's satanic? <laughs> okay. I, that's kind of weird that lost people would think it's satanic. You know what he's getting ready to mention. You know what he's getting ready to mention. Are you ready? TikTok. TikTok. Okay, well, now, now I'm using, I, I'm, 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 I'm quoting something else right there. But TikTok, the app. They, you don't usually talk about the TikTok app as TikTok. But that's, that's a reference to something else. Okay, but we won't go there. Okay, but TikTok. Let, let's let's see let, let's see what 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 it's satanic it's a tiktok is created by satan out of beijing china all right here we go that they called in english musically and 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 they began to lure lure through satanic means uh, children in other countries and they rebranded it and called it tiktok and brought it, brought it to america look here's he- he- headline news you can, this is this was uh, I, I grabbed this uh, this morning in the room this morning child safety advocates maintain that tiktok's computer algorithms pushing content to users promote disorders even self harm and suicide to Young, it didn't say old users. What does it say? You see it. The chaos in our culture. Now we could have an entire sermon about the dangers of social media. No, no question about it. Dangers of everything. I mean, everything, there's inherent dangers with it. I got no problem speaking and calling out the dangers of social media to mental health, depression. I mean, there, there's a million issues, suicidal uh, situations and thoughts and, and ideations and all the different the things associated with it. We could have an entire sermon about it. But see, his thesis is Satan is after young people, and my proof is TikTok is created by Satan. It's a satanic plot to destroy young people, or it's just so it's social media gone, well, haywire. It's social media taken to a just another thing in the long line. I mean, a, a long line of technology. Every time technology comes along, there's Christians screaming, that's it. That's it. It's a satanic plot. Remember when the organ, way going back into church history, the organ, it's a satanic plot. It's a, the organ is going to destroy us. And then it was the theater and then it was playing cards and then it was Elvis Presley. And then it, it's always something that's a satanic plot. It's a satanic plot. Or sometimes it's just what, you know, the world produces. But okay, so I got no problem talking about TikTok. 
But remember, this started in Revelation 12, went to Mark 9. It's been all over the place. He's made accusations. He's called people demon-possessed in Scripture that Scriptures did not say were demon-possessed. He doesn't seem to be worried about accuracy with Scripture. But I guess now, is this getting ready to become a sermon against TikTok? I don't know. Let's see where it goes. The rioting in our culture, the drug culture, the sorcery, the witchcraft. We live in the saddest generation of young people, the people in this room that have had satanic thoughts, that have heard voices, either A, audible voices, or down in the heart that says, I'm not worthy. You, you can't make a decision. Uh, you're never going to amount to anything. Uh, we're, we're, we're the, the, the buzzword is... Please note many of those so-called voices that are deep inside of you that says, I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm not worthy. That doesn't have to be a satanic plot. It's called puberty. It's called being a teenager. Everyone who's been a teenager feels that to some level. I'm not worthy. I'm never going to amount to anything. I don't live up. I don't fit in. People don't like me. Now, some may not go through that, but I think it's a pretty common emotional thing. The last thing you want emotional teenagers to think is, that's Satan talking to me. Satan is out to get me. Satan is sick. Yeah, that, I mean, I don't know if that's going to really help their mental health. Hey, TikTok's going to destroy their mental health, but come to church and I'll tell you, whenever you have these feelings, that's Satan talking to you. I don't know if that's going to help either. But okay, okay, let's let's continue. All right, let's let's see where this is going to go. Is mental health today? Now I understand a lot of people have. There are people with legitimate mental health issues, but this is a cover word because America, the most uh, popular and wealthy nation, cannot figure out. They're covering it up. It's the biggest cover up of all times. Let me tell you something. All you got to do is barely peel back, and you realize our generation is suicidal. They're depressed. They're, they're hate filled. They have nothing to look for. There's no big movements uh, like you saw 60, 70, 80 years ago of of the. Great greatest generation and growth and business. Uh, let me tell you something. They're dying by the droves. They're empty. The saddest generation we've ever lived in. And they call it mental health. Uh, they say here, either this year or next year, very, very soon, uh, 73% of all of our hospital beds will be psychiatric mental health. The amount. 73% of our hospital beds are going to be psychiatric. I got to, I got to see that study. I got to see that study. I got I got to see that study. Does that study even exist to see 73% of all hospital beds will be for for psychiatric care. Okay, I'm looking here. Uh, in 2018, there were 73 hospital beds for psychiatric care per 100,000 inhabitants in the European Union. That doesn't seem to be uh, where it's going. Here's the psychiatric bed crisis. It seems that the 73 number is the fact that there's a lack of psychiatric beds in hospitals. In other words, when it comes to hospitals, there's not a lot of place for psychiatric inpatient admission. Now, I know that as someone working in the medical world for 22 years, that our psychiatric inpatient unit only had, how many beds was in it? Let's see, I'm trying to picture the, uh, the, the unit. I think there was four. 
maybe only three or four beds, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that I agree. Okay, so someone else who works in the medical world just says, I have not heard that 73%. I haven't either. I'm assuming in the hospital you work at, if you have an inpatient psychiatric unit, you probably have very few beds compared to all the beds you have for OBGYN, pediatrics general admissions, surgeries, all the other beds, it's going to be, I think as soon as I came up, they were showing, as soon as I come up here, the crisis is there's a lack of, a lack of psychiatric beds. That seems to be the, I've got a study here, an entire study, the psychiatric bed crisis in the U.S., understanding the problem and moving towards solutions, American Psychiatric Association. So it seems to be the problem is there's a lack of psychiatric beds, not that all the hospital beds, 73% of the beds are going to be made up for it. Uh, Now, oh man, oh, okay. I'm trying to be patient here. I'm trying to be patient here. We're already at 51 minutes. This is taking me forever, but this is the the state of preaching in in 2022. Okay, let's see here where we're going to go. All right. I open up my iPad to have, uh, if you if you post any comments, I can see now, because after so many comments, they, they start disappearing on my computer. So if you post a comment, I will see it. All right, here we go. ...of young people, especially in public schools, and I understand we have a lot in here, but because of the messaging there, but even in Christian schools that are on psychiatric drugs, is shocking. The algorithms, as we've talked about before, and Instagram and TikTok, and and by the way, even WhatsApp or just good old-fashioned text messaging, the devil knows. It's not just about the 50, 60-year-old predator trying to get the 13-year-old girl. Let me tell you something. It is the mind control and the mind game that's sucking you in. There are people addicted to devices today, right now, right here, and it's maybe not even be anything pornographic or horrible, but you are so addicted that you can't think think straight. You can't listen straight. And you are literally tattooed digitally with Satan's devices. All of the music, the media, all of it. You say, oh, come on, all of it. Yes. If it's not to bring glory and honor to God, let me tell you something. Satan, Lucifer was the divine cherub that covereth. God made him as a musical instrument all throughout the scripture. No, 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 no. Oh, Boy, the whole music thing here. Okay, Satan is in charge of music, so all music. So anything that doesn't glorify God is satanic. So that means every television show that doesn't glorify God is satanic. Everything, every music, every everything. But I, 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 how much you bet the Lord of the Rings is, is good to go? How about you? I bet you it, it is because the Lord of the Rings always is good to go. Didn't you realize everything else is satanic except Lord of the Rings? Okay, I just, my frustration with church culture. All right, here we go. So, so movies, everything is satanic. Your the your phone is satanic. TikTok is satanic. Instagram is satanic. Satan is literally everywhere. You have no hope. Your only hope is to leave everything and join a monastery. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to do. Okay, all right. Let, let's see where this is going to go. You see that he had pipes and vials. God, the creator of this universe, created him to be musical. And when he fell, he took music and he uses it. He's so subtle in every area. If it doesn't bring glory and honor to God and you can't glorify God in it, let me tell you something. Satan's working. It's more powerful than anything you can imagine. Oh, come on. Oh, country music, you know, Old Town Road, very, very famous song. It's been top charts for a long time. Written by a man by the name of Montero Lamar Hill. Written, co-written with uh, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. And uh, they wrote this song together, Old Town Road. 
He's using, he's in 2022 and he's using Old Town Road as his example. <laughs> when did that leave the charts? Okay, never mind. Okay, that, that, that summer of 2022, Old Town Road was not, that, that's, that's, uh, okay. Pastors, when they speak about music, oh man. Now, you could at least just look up the charts before you you preached. It would only take an, you could go to a streaming service, Spotify or Apple, look up the music charts. You're going to see what was number one. And, or there's something called the billboard charts. And you got to look that up. Old Town Road wasn't on the charts in the summer of 2022. All right, here we go. And so many, just like all the little Disney stars that are very satanic, extremely satanic. So many of them so owned my heart breaks for them. They cannot even figure it out. I'll show you that in a moment. They can't. Okay, Disney. We're going through all the big ones. You got to stay away from Disney. You got to stay away from music. You got to stay away from devices. You got to stay away from everything. I don't know exactly where you're supposed to, what you're supposed to do in life, but you can't do anything. Everything is satanic. So put away your, I don't even own a phone. Obviously not on social media. Obviously no music. I don't know uh, other than music that supposedly glorifies God. But trust me, even some Christian music, they would say doesn't glorify God. So I don't know what you're supposed to just give up music. Can't watch Disney. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's left to see. We'll see. There's got to be some other things that, that you can't do. Figure out what's going on with them. Montero Lamar Hills, a stage name is Little Nas X. Here he is uh, with his shoes that everybody promoted for a while. They sold out within minutes of going online. Then when enough old leather lung preachers and people out there, Christians, started crying, Nike was like, oh, I guess we might cancel it after they had already sold out. There's human blood in the souls. 666 on the shoe. Luke 1018 that talks about Lucifer falling from heaven like a lightning. You say, is that really a big deal? Yeah, because all over America, right here, I mean in Highland Park, right up here, the man that just went in and shoot up the, the boy that, everybody talks about the gun. They don't talk about their, his mama's business. She was a witch. She was a witch. That's on no news article. The only way I found that out was to look up her personal website, and you can do it too. It ain't conspiracy. I dare you. Okay, so... All right, what 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 shooting is he referring to? There? Does anybody know what shooting he's referring to there? I knew that he was going to, little Nas X, I knew he had to talk about the shoes. We did, I did some podcast episodes about the shoes and told you that everyone would go crazy over the shoes, but okay. All right, so uh, what shooting did he just refer to? And the mom was a witch? That's, had nothing to do with the gun. It was the mom was a witch. That That's why the kid did the shooting. Let me, what, what shooting is he referring to? Somewhere, I guess in Indiana, she was a witch. I'm backing this up. Oh, this is turning. Man, I can't believe this started in Revelation chapter 12, and now we're chasing down witches. Okay, here we go. Right here. I mean, in Highland Park, right up here. The man. Highland Park. Highland Park. What, what kind of, uh, was it a school shooting? Highland Park. Was it a school shooting? Highland Park school shooter. Okay. Um, okay, here we go. Highland Park, see. 
trying to find I, I hate to try to track this stuff down, but when you just start making all of these claims, um Yes, okay. It's hard to keep up with all the shootings. I hate I hate that that's the, the reality is, but it is hard to keep up with all of them. Um Yeah, okay. Highland Park school shooter mom a I'm just going to do it that way. Let's see here. Yeah. Was that a was that a parade shooter? Is that the one that they're referring to? Who was a 21-year-old man? What what was that? So his mom was the Okay, we would have to do a lot of tracking this stuff down. But this is what happens in these sermons. They just start making all of these claim. Uh Yeah, okay, so, yeah, someone just said, wait, so the only way he found out was to go to her personal website. If he didn't know, why in the world was he on her her mom's personal website? Yeah, so, like, why, hey, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go look at his mom's website to, to I, yeah, like, I, I've got questions. Like, what made him go look at the mom's website? Like, he just decided, hey, there was this shooter in Highland Park, and I want to go find out what the kid's mom was. Does he look up the moms of all school shooters? Like, I... Man, this story is getting more bizarre by the second. We're already at an hour, okay, this trip to Indiana. All right, here we go. They just went in and shoot up the the boy. Everybody talks about the gun. They don't talk about his mama's business. She was a witch. She was a witch. That's on no news article. The only way I found that out was to look up her personal website, and you can do it too. It ain't conspiracy. I dare you. She's a witch. She's satanic. The stuff in his house, the Muriel's on his walls. He's a rapper. The music. Does it really matter? Yeah. In droves, every single day, this is happening. This is happening. Uh, these 911 calls. Listen to the 911 call because people are listening to music like this. Listen. And what's the problem? Tell me loud, exactly loud, 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 loud. <laughs> Someone just asked the question. So he gets to use the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The preacher can use the internet. Obviously, young people shouldn't be using anything. They should be cut off from everything. But the preacher can use the internet. The preacher can use the internet. But that, that's a, that's a good point. All right. So now, so it's the rap. So he's a rapper. So it was his mom was a witch, and he was a rapper. And that's why that because music music is what leads to school shootings. Don't you realize that? Now I want to make sure you just realize this. This is very important. If a person is not saved. They're totally depraved, and they're already a child of the devil before rap, before witchcraft. Cain killed Abel before rap, before witchcraft, before social media, before TikTok, before everything. The problem is in the human heart. It's called depravity. I'm not saying other things can't can't feed to it, but we got to always start right there. But okay, now he's getting ready to play, I guess, a 911 call. I don't know what's going on now. Let, let's try to listen to this. I just killed my son. What do you mean you just killed your son? I'm hearing voices. Oh, okay. How old's your son? Six. Where's your son now? He's dead. Dead where? In the living room. 
Can you just send in cops? We're doing that now. What's your name? Matt Pomerico. I'm sorry, the first name? Matt. Matt? Spell your last name for me, Matt. P-O-N-O. M-A-R-E-N-K-O. What's your son's name? Jack. Jack? Jack, J-A-X. Now he's going. He's going for the emotions here. Yet yeah, it's a nine one one call of someone who just killed their young their young son. Obviously, this is like just just remember he didn't have time to go into Revelation chapter twelve. He had no time to go into Revelation chapter twelve. He had no time. Couldn't do that. But uh, got time to to pull out all of the theatrics here. Got to pull, time to pull out all the theatrics here. Let's continue. And you said you hear you're hearing voices. Yeah. All right, how did you kill your son? Thank you, thank you, thank you. All over America, this, these type things are happening. And we think somehow we're going to escape it. We think that it's a fluffy bunny and it's not real. I know preachers preach about Lucifer, but he's very, very powerful. And here's little Jacks. And if the devil couldn't get him with what's in his left hand, you can't see it because of our, our, our interpreter, but there's a tablet in his, in his right hand there. Thank you, sir. If he couldn't get him with what was in his right hand, he'd get him another way. Satan hates children. So Satan can just have children killed. He couldn't get him with the tablet, so he had his father kill him. Or whoever the gentleman was. I'm assuming that was his father. He said, my son. So Satan can just have children killed. So, hey, young people, Satan could kill you tonight. Satan could kill you. He could have your mom kill you. He could have your father kill you. I mean, that's what he's saying. I mean, just think about that logically. Satan can just have anyone killed. Just anyone. Satan can just kill people. Just kill people. Well, then why isn't everyone dead? If the goal is for Satan to kill everyone and he can kill anyone he wants, then why isn't everyone dead? He loves to see the dominance of children and teenagers. I just got this text message on Sunday, this Sunday, from one of our teachers. She said, this is why we do what we do. Rachel was teaching the Sunday school lesson, and she said, you need to obey your daddy. A little five-year-old boy said, quote, I won't obey my dad. He's mean to my mom and my brother and me. He hurts us, and I hate him. I want to kill him when he hurts us. That was Sunday night. My wife and I are on the phone yesterday with a young lady who wants to kill herself, and they did you contact the cops? Now, I'm getting ready to get very, 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 very upset because I've watched churches play this game. Northside Baptist Church, Abilene, Texas. I'm going to name the church because of the way they treated me. Northside Baptist Church. Every once in a while, I probably maybe ever have four or five, six months. Sometimes I'll wait a year. I'll decide that I'll just start downloading all the sermons from all the churches around me just to see what's going on in the church culture around me, right? Around my church to see what they're doing, what, 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 what's how things are going. So I'm listening to a sermon from, from uh, Northside Baptist Church, Abilene, Texas, right? And again, I don't care if anyone gets offended. It's not, it's not my fault. They're the ones who posted it on the internet, but there's a sermon on the internet. 
where he's talking about a bus kid, that he that there's a bus kid coming to their church who's being sexually abused by, I think he said, parents or by an adult. As if it was currently happening. Currently happening. The reason we do the bus ministry is where we can bring children who are being sexually abused to our church so they can hear the gospel. Basically, we, he was trying to promote the bus ministry. But the point is, he was like, there's a child attending our church who's being sexually abused. And I'm like, what? Whoa, wait, 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 wait. It shouldn't be that they're attending. It should be you've already contacted the cops. So I started emailing the church going, whoa, whoa, whoa wait a minute, wait a minute. You just said this. Has anyone contacted the cops? Hey, wait, hey. And I kept emailing, emailing. I was ignored. 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 So I picked up the phone, contacted the Abilene Police Department and was like, hey, something's going on at Northside Baptist Church because they got a young person attending who's being sexually abused. It's being preached on the internet. It's right there in the sermon. They won't listen to me. They won't do anything about it. And guess what? Well, the, uh, the cops contacted the church and the sermon disappeared relatively quick. I wonder why. I wonder why the sermon disappeared. wonder why. Either one, they knew and did nothing about it. Hmm, that's a problem. Or two, it was completely made up. That's your only two options. <laughs> That's your only two options. We're talking about admitting her. By the way, we're in small town, rural southeastern Iowa. The Titanic movie comes out years ago, and Celine Dion, even back in those days, sold a hundred million albums. By the way, we could do this with every major known person. Most people don't know that she's a Satan worshiper and satanic. You can go 10 minutes from here and walk into the stores and buy the clothes that are the most popular in the elite celebrity circles. It's a Hebrew word for no, 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 no. It's called nu, 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 nu. Good morning, America, and all the top news celebrate her line of clothing. And you say, well, I haven't heard about it. I know because the celebrities are the one clothing their children in it. Here she is in a commercial talking about her line of clothing, Celine Dion. They dream of tomorrow. We may thrust them forward into the future, but the course will always be theirs to choose. Now this plays on major networks. Look at the voodoo doll with the children. No, wait. Celine... Is she a Satanist? She was accused of it. But if she's a Satanist, then she doesn't worship Satan. She worships herself if you're going with Anton LaVey form of Satanism. This is just getting more bizarre by the second. They're eventually taking the lid off and just letting the world see it because we're so dumbed down. Look at this. New order. Who's the new order? What, what are we trying to establish here? Satan's doing this. On little innocent children, hands on the eyes, a girl who just got out of rehab didn't know anything about the, the one eye, and she says, Preacher, why do I always see a big eye on my hand uh, when I do crystal meth? And by the way, these are celebrity children that wear uh, these clothing. Go ahead and show the next clip of her and her Hebrew Christ friends. Uh, that be theirs to choose. Is this that next clip? Celine wants all kids to find themselves. Turn it up Not a little bit. Not just her own. And she hopes her partnership with New 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 will help. The clothes. Celine, her, her, 
her clothing, if you just look it up, I mean, this goes back to like 2018 when this was, it was a, a line of gender neutral clothing that everybody was, that an exorcist priest in Pennsylvania accused her of working with the devil. It was a Catholic priest who, who disclaimed that she was working with the devil because her clothes were gender neutral. I, man, I, th- this is the most bizarre s- I'm trying to follow this. This sermon is insane right now. In her new line are gender neutral. New New has been around for years. Its founders created the fashion line out of necessity when they couldn't find clothing for their own kids. Fashion has the power to shape people's minds. We're at Salino Nunu trying to shape the future of all human beings by saying, find your own individuality. We bring a new order uh, as a concept. You can look up any of the major people that have just exploded. They, they get your voices, and yet there are preachers here in little towns and, and, and cities around, and you don't know their names, but you'll know many of you, thank God not all, many of you would know names uh, like Ariana Grande. Who, who literally who literally has a folder on her computer of demons that she's taken pictures of. I mean, you can just Google and see these Ariana Grande talks demon experience. By the way, that was all the way back in 2013 as Satan was empowering her and filling her with the spirit, his spirit. She's hearing really loud rumble and whispers, seeing these really disturbing images and red shapes and... Then in, uh, she says, I felt this sick, overwhelming feeling of negativity over the whole car and smelled surf. We would have to be we would have to be spending hours trying to research to see what's true and what's not true. Now Ariana Grande's bad. Everyone's bad. Everyone's bad. Everything is bad. Okay, so is he going to give these kids any direction other than like, look, what you need to do is go home, shut the door, turn off everything, cut off the electricity, cut off the internet, don't get rid of your phone, don't look, don't speak, don't move, because Satan is everywhere and is and he may have your parent kill you tonight. I mean, like, what, what? Sulfur, which is the sign of a demon. Selena Gomez and all of them, and The weekend, you name it, all of them. Uh, let me just read some lyrics that Selena writes and sings on her song entitled Demons as she writes from her heart. Are you ready? Mayday, mayday, the ship is sinking, slowly sinking. They think I'm crazy, but they don't know the feeling. They're all around me, circling like vultures. They want to break me and wash away my colors. See, we don't understand the words that we're hearing when we're in the mall, when we're out in public, uh, or God forbid, in our own ears. Take me high and I'll sing. Oh, you make me everything okay. We are one and the same. Oh, you take all the pain away. Save me if I become my demons. You can see the struggle from the inside and the out. I cannot stop the sickness taking over me. It takes control and drags me into nowhere. I need your help. I can't fight this forever. I know you're watching. I can feel you out there. Take me high and I'll sing. Oh, you make everything okay. Take me over the walls below. Fly forever. Don't let me go. Wait, wait, okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. Okay, d- okay, Selena Gomez, does she have a song called Demons? Okay, I'm trying. I know she has a song called Vulnerable, which mentions demons. Um, am, I, am I missing something? Okay, hang on, hang on here. Man, this stuff is just, this is crazy. I don't even know how to inter, I don't even know how we, I don't know how we even uh, begin to 
hang on. I'm looking up. Does she have a song called Demons? No, she has a song called Vulnerable. That's what I thought. Where is the song called Demons? She has a song called Vulnerable. She has a song called Vulnerable. It's this song. So I, but that's not the lyrics he's quoting. I don't, I don't know what song he's referencing. I don't know what song he's referencing there. He's reading these sinister lyrics, but he's not, he's not stopping to, for us to take them apart to go exactly what she's trying to say. It's very common in pop music. Anyone who listens to music knows this, where, where pop stars use religious language, either referring to God or Jesus or demons to reference emotions or to reference love or, or broken love or, or it, it, there, there's lots of, they, they use religious imagery to point to other things. That's a very common thing in pop music. Lots of artists have done it. I, I've done, I've talked about it on a number of other platforms where about this. So, okay, but all right, let's just, all right, let's just continue. I need a savior to heal my pain when I become my worst enemy. And she closes the song with the words, the enemy. I feel sorry for these little girls. I sat here this morning weeping and crying as just an hour, a couple hours ago. I heard what did that supposedly prove? Well, what did that, pr- I don't know what that, su- what was that supposed to prove? Selena Gomez is demonic. Selena Gomez uh, well, what are you trying to prove? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I heard the young ladies quoting scriptures. Guys, give that to me if you will. And I literally wept and cried and thought about a little Selena Gomez. So uh, demon possessed now. Selena Gomez is demon possessed? Now he's claiming Selena Gomez is demon possessed. Who isn't demon possessed? So Selena Gomez, demon possessed, and those girls are all good. I guess that's 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 the message here. Selena Gomez, demon possessed, because he quotes some lyrics from a song that he calls demons that I can't don't even know exist. But okay, 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 all right, all right. CEO has come out so strong. I mean, they are deceiving little teeny tiny children, the criminals, the whole lot of them. It said the company can make the biggest impact by creating an inclusive world through the content we produce. We have the most creative storytelling engine along with the world's most beloved brands and franchises. We can bring to life, uh, which can bring life 
into life in ways no one else can. We have a portfolio of distribution platforms across the world, including powerful streaming services with the ability to reach audiences anywhere, anytime. We have the number one news organization and the most trusted brand in sports. We have a unique ability to impact culture. The devil always punches early. That's why the biggest sin in America is the slaughter of the little unborn. Let me tell you something. Just because you hear about Roe v. Wade, it's way worse now than, Roe, than when Roe v. Wade got reappealed. Here's why. They have literally come out of the cap of hell, and they are going crazy. This is two days ago. A bill now they're trying to force into the states now that they can't have the federal protection. Literally, partial birth abortion. And now, if there's a failed abortion like Jamie Sedgwick, through uh, a saline, uh, I mean, through an acid uh, abortion. Just listen, just listen, two days ago. Just listen. Thank you so much, Senator. Yes, I actually can. Um, as a matter of fact, here in California. Right, I'm going to stop right here because we're in an hour and 19 minutes. I don't, I don't know what to say. There, there have been, he's accused Selena Gomez of being... <laughs> Celine Dion is demonic possessed and a Satanist or Selena Gomez is a Satanist. Disney is Satanist, satanic. Everything. Your phone is satanic. Everything is satanic. Uh, Satan can just kill you. We'll just have your parent kill you. I guess whenever he wants. This started in Revelation 12 and we have abandoned all reason. We're stopping with basically 28 minutes left where now he's going to go to abortion uh, 20, I'm going to put 28 minutes left. We will have to bring this home because I don't know what the thesis of the sermon is. I, I don't know. I don't really, I don't really know. I, I what, <laughs> why, why did we ever start reviewing these sermons? Why? Oh man. This is like just, and it would take, literally, we would have to go through each one of these and stop and go, okay, we need to research this. We need to research this. The Celine, Celine Dion thing is just, she made gender neutral clothes and someone claims she's, claims she's working with the devil. I didn't find it. I don't, I mean, and I found an article. Wouldn't it be cool if she really was a Satanist? Well, if she was a Satanist, she wouldn't be worshiping Satan. She'd be worshiping self because in the Anton LaVey form of Satanism, the Satanic Bible, anyone can read it. You don't, Satan is simply a symbol of your own self. I mean, that's, that's why the most important holiday to a Satanist is their own birthday. Like it's an atheistic concept. It's an atheistic philosophy. Oh my goodness. Is this is just a, it's just accusation after accusation. This, 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 this. And it's like, I, I don't know what this is. This is what young people need in 2022. Sometimes I think the best thing to happen to young people is don't go to church. I think sometimes the best thing for Christians is not to go to church. I think sometimes the best thing for Christians is to get away from what we call Christianity, and then you may have a better chance of finding actual Christianity. I know that, that I know, but this isn't, I don't know what this is. This, this, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say, but we're going to stop. We're going to stop. Because I don't know what to say. I literally don't know what to say. Like, how do you review something like that? Like, what am I supposed to do? You may be going, man, you did a horrible job reviewing this. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. It's so insane. It's like, am I listening to preaching at a church or am I listening basically to a Christianized form of Alex Jones? I'm like, what is this?
Is this a sermon or is it the best of Coast to Coast AM? Well, maybe I'm making references some of you get, but what, what in the world is going on here? I mean, obviously he's trying to scare everyone in that church today. He's trying to scare the young people to death that they're five seconds away from being taken over by Satan. There we go. I'm getting back on a plane and getting out of Indiana. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting out. Of, I'm getting out. I'm not even sticking around in Indiana until we finish reviewing this sermon. I'm getting out. I'm just running. I'm fleeing Indiana as fast as I can. Okay. Because I don't know what we just heard. Does any, can anyone tell me what we just heard? I don't know. Okay. I think all the people listening have already just said, that's it. We're done. We're not listening. I don't even know what to call that. Okay, you can email me your thoughts about what we just heard, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Christianity, or the church, I could say the church, been emotionally manipulating children for a very long time. That, that's, that's what that reminds, it reminds me of, the, of back, in the, back in the day when churches were holding their conferences against rock music and they, try, they misquoted lyrics and said all kinds of lies about music, musicians and they did everything. They, they misinterpreted lyrics. It was lie. It was emotional manipulation. It was scare tactics. You listen to ACDC, demons were going to come out of your speakers and drag you to hell. Just crazy stuff. And, uh, well, 2022, that same kind of thing still exists in churches and in youth conferences. All right. Newsif at yahoo.com. I, I don't know what to, when you, this is where you get to the end of a broadcast and you're like, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was an absolute train wreck. And it was, but it can't blame me. I can only look my review can all it, the, the, what I'm reviewing has to have something for me to do something with the, the revelation 12 thing. At least I gave you some questions to consider, but okay, I'll stop right there. All right. News if at yahoo.com. I'm getting out of Indiana and I'll be back. I don't know if I'll be back tonight, but we'll definitely come back tomorrow. We'll start tomorrow off. If I, if I do anything else tonight, we'll skip this. And then tomorrow we'll listen to the last 28 minutes of this. Uh, it, I, 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 whatever you want to call it. Thanks for listening. God bless.